hello, my fellow Princess and the Beers, and welcome back to another guest episode of The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited to have you here today. As always, let's take a hot second of gratitude to thank yourself and celebrate yourself for choosing content that uplifts and inspires and challenges and champions you to rise into your highest and best. And that is why I have Lynn Whiteback on this show to help you rise into your highest and best as a sales queen. Lynn is the CEO of Petite to Queen, helping the world by providing sales and leadership programs. She focuses specifically on B2B, on helping them grow their sales teams. Now, when you think of B2B, that sometimes can you sometimes can have that perception that it's like these giant corporations. And yes, yeah, she's done that. But she also works with B2B businesses that are sales teams of two or three or five. So even if you don't have a large team, this is a masterclass in sales. And so if you are the leader of your business, if you are the queen of your life, then in some way you are selling, baby. And I know that sometimes we can have all those funky, weird, limiting beliefs around sales, which is why for this episode, I have in the description, you can grab my Sell Like a Queen course for free when you sign up for a one-on-one consult with me. Because Lynn and I are kindred spirits in more than just sales, yet it is our love and our passion for helping people have the ability, the emotional capacity, and the physical capability to sell better that is why I wanted to have her on this show. In this episode, Lynn shares her signature strategy for helping you relate better to your customer so you can sell better from that emotional place of empathy. It is a formula, so you are going to want to be taking notes for this episode. And she shares some of her best practices for LinkedIn. So if you are on any form of social platform, as a business owner, LinkedIn is a powerful place because that is where business owners are looking to do business, period. And as you know, I'm not a fan of right or wrong, but you will learn that there is a relationship building way of building a business and there is the used car salesman way of building a business on LinkedIn. And we'll address both so that you can really use LinkedIn as a platform and part of your strategy to be able to craft those long-lasting customer relationships for raving fans and raving referrals, which is key. So be sure that you have your pen out, you have your iPhone notes pad open so you're able to take some notes. And I am so excited to hear all about what you loved on this episode on the DMs inside of Instagram. And please tag Lynn in any of your questions on how to improve your sales process to help you become the queen of sales in your business. Without further ado, I give you a queen of B2B sales, Lynn Whiteback. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. 
I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, my extraordinary princess in the beers, and welcome back to another episode of the princess in the bee. Today I have a very special guest to be with you today and we're not going to dive in entirely into a bee but maybe we might dive into some BS stories that people have around selling because today I have on Lynn Whiteback who is the CEO of Petite to Queen. So the title alone of her business I just had to have her on. <laughs> Lynn helps the world by, of course, right? Lynn helps the world by providing sales and leadership programs and tools to achieve more faster, building her successes and experiences in executive leadership roles. Lynn shares the lessons learned along her journey to supercharge your career. She teaches how to tap into your inner tigress, transform habits and unleash self-assurance and emerge as a leader. Lynn is the co-author of the highly regarded book, Practical Wisdoms at Work. Uh, this quick read guide provides insights to navigate situations, challenges, and opportunities that arise every day in business, teaching you how to broaden your career with skills that set you apart. Lynn, welcome to The Princess and the Bee. Hey, I am so glad to be here. This is perfect. The Princess and the Queen. <laughs> the Princess and the Queen, the Queen and the Queen, you know, one empress to one empress. There we go. Perfect. So, Speaking of building an empire, I mean, my audience has heard me talk about sales and the importance of sales for any empire that you're building, but I'd love to know from you, what makes sales so queenly? You know, the best, the very best thing about sales is that you're serving others, that you're helping others. And for me, that's always been my core value or passion is to be of service and help others. And you do that through sales because you're sharing your product or service with them and you're helping uh, that organization with either a, a system, you know, products, tools, or, you know, something that's going to change how they do business and how they in turn can serve their customers. So, you know, from that really on high level, it's just so amazing to be able to do that and to help others in that way. And sales is the perfect vehicle to do that. And it's also how every organization, uh, short of a nonprofit, <laughs> generates the ability to continue in business. So that's how we, we do business is through sales. And even nonprofits, I mean, they have to fundraise. Have to, and yeah, oh, yeah, and that's still sell. selling. <laughs> it's still selling. I mean, I think of it, like, if you think of it metaphorically with commerce, like any kingdom has some form of commerce. Well, if you have a business, that's technically a little mini kingdom, a little ecosystem that you're building. You got to have some commerce coming in. So 
how, with your background in sales and how do, how do you bring, how do you raise people's awareness as to why that's so important? Well, you know, most of the time you can associate with everything you do in day-to-day -day life. You know, you could be negotiating with your partner on what movie to watch tonight on Netflix. You know, essentially that's a sales uh, skill, negotiation. Uh, you're talking to your boss and you want them to follow a certain path uh, for an implementation plan. That's sales because you're selling them on an idea. So everything we do almost every day has some component of selling in it. And so when we start and we look at the, we start to really shake up our paradigm and how we look at the world, you realize how important and critical sales skills are in every aspect of our career and life. So that's where I really get, get off on starting. I, I completely agree. I mean, it, it, in sales, I mean, if the word selling kind of rubs you the wrong way because you think of like a used car salesman with greasy hair and a back lot with some beat up junky cars that there's, you know, hawking. I like to think of sales as persuasion. It's a persuasive conversation where, or influence. You have the, the belief that you can influence not in a manipulative way but in a way of establishing value so how do you how do you differentiate the sales especially with work with what clients you work for with the with the people who sell because sometimes selling can be perceived as manipulative versus the selling that's really to be of service right and and of course like any type of career um you have you have good salespeople, professional salespeople, and then you have the others that are on the fringes right and you have that where you have really good doctors and then doctors who aren't so good. I mean, every single profession has this same spectrum. What's really unique about sales is that when you have a, and are delivering a product or service, you can really change the, the world of either that individual or that business. And that is truly powerful. And so if you start with that truly worthy intent, that you genuinely want to help them, that that really takes away any of that sort of sliminess. Because then when you see that it's not a fit, you know, you can still maintain that incredible relationship, which they could need your services in the, in, down the road or become a source of referrals for you. And you always want to maintain all your relationships. Um, but it could also be that it's a perfect fit and that they've been waiting and needing this solution um, in their, either in their life or in their world, in their business. So in their realm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so true. It's when you have the confidence in sales being a service, it's not, it's, it's easier to say, oh, you don't see the value or, oh, this might actually not be a fit or I might not be a fit if you're selling services. Like I might not be a fit for you and your team and for where you are right now. Like one of my, one of my clients is a business coach and she saw another person who like she had a consult and this person was very much a personality, vastly different personality and they wouldn't resonate with like, she, and she just said, I just don't think that, that my programs are a fit for you. And she referred her to somebody else because exactly. it's, it's, that ability to have cultivate that abundance mindset when it does come to sales, as my son would say, there's all, we can always get more. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. 
It's just like love. You can always create more love. So you can always create more love. You can always create more sales. Amen. That is like, that is a bumper. And And it really does start with that sense of worthy intent that it's about them. It's really not about it. It's about you to some extent, but it's never, never, never about what you're going to get out of them. Um, And so when you elevate it to that level, um, sales serves such an important service uh, with informing customers, um, keeping them ahead of their competitors, um, enabling them to uh, improve their own processes internally and externally and, you know, close some critical gaps in how they are in turn communicating to their own customers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I, have you noticed that there is a disparity with who's comfortable with selling between the genders? Is it, I mean, sometimes we think of more men as being salespeople, but I, women are yeah. equally just as capable and I think could be better at sales <laughs> because they're skilled at building those relationships. Yeah, you know, it can be both ways. So sometimes men are really good at the, the B, at a BS approach to sales. Um, and I don't mean that really in a derogatory way. Um, <laughs> it certainly sounds that way. Um, <laughs> and I've certainly, in my career, um, worked with a lot of male salespeople. In fact, I was really in a male-dominated industry. Um, and yet uh, the women as a group outperformed the men, even though we were outnumbered. Um, but, you know, yeah, but, you know, really it's, it's about each of us helping one another because when we, we lean in to what makes, makes us unique and then we offer that we can each grow from that experience. And I will say that, um, you know, certainly as a woman, I come at things, I'm very cognizant of the relationships, but because I've worked in a male dominated industry for so many years, I can, I've adopted so many of the colloquialisms, you know, let's make this a touchdown. Let's get it over the yard, you know, the goal line, I mean, whatever it happens to be, right? Because you start to pick that up and you're using that. And certainly I have sold a lot to male customers. And when you, you you know, you're essentially, you're flexing your style to a way that makes sense to them and it helps you communicate more effectively. And that's a critical skill within scales, sales, and, and also in any kind of career progression is you need to be able to flex and adapt so that you're not changing who you are or your core values, but you're making it easier for the other person to lean in and to have these great conversations um, and build rapport. And then of course, make a decision to close a sale, right? And, and move forward with implementing a program. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love, I love the fact that you touched on values because this is something that I touch on with a lot of my clients is the values that you hold, especially the values that you consciously put into your business are the foundation by which you make every decision. They're the foundation by which you sell. They're the foundation of the clients that you attract into your business or the customers you attract. They're the foundation of the team you hire. So how do values play into sales? How do different values play into sales? Well, you know, so when you start with that sense of worthy intent that I touched on, that means that, that you are, are in concerned about what the customer wants, needs, or lacks. You know, so you're really looking at who they are, you know, what their problem is, you know, what they're looking for, and how that's going to help them. And ultimately, 
what that's going to enable them to do. So when you walk through that process, you know, and you're looking at it in their eyes, through their eyes, through their paradigm, because their perception is truth, you're able to close that gap so much faster and really understand what they do need and whether or not you're a good fit. And if you're not, it gives you the opportunity to, to be of service by referring them, as you mentioned with your, your client who referred mm -hmm. her potential client to someone else. And because there are times where you can see that they're, you know, that, you know, what you guys, what you do, what your service product or service is, just, they're not either at that stage or their model is just, this is just not something that they need. Um, and so what you're doing is you're really taking that to a higher level so that this relationship is really strong and they know that you did right by them, you know, that, that it's the trust and the credibility and the authenticity. And they're going to be able to walk away and say, well, you know, we didn't do business, but man, I, I mean, I wish we could do business. Is there another way I could help this person? And, you know, two weeks later, they're talking to one of their friends saying, I know somebody who could help you with that. And all of a sudden you've got a warm referral and it just makes the world turn. So uh, that's an amazing side to this. I can see how jazzed you get about sales and how, <laughs> like, and how amazing it is that you approach it from such a beautiful, like, service and, uh, dare I say, spiritual side of that it, it really allows for that world-turning opportunities so that people, people are constantly leveling up. I mean, when you find that, and I, and I tell my clients this, like, you can have an Hermes scarf, like there's really no realistic reason why you need to pay $800 for a scarf, period. But what if that scarf makes you feel something of value in some way? Maybe it makes you feel like you've arrived. Maybe it makes you feel like you finally got to like walk in with this beautiful scarf on your purse. Or maybe it makes you feel accomplished and like a badass. I remember um, a story of uh, not Barbara Stanny, uh, Barbara Corcoran. And she got her first big paycheck in corporate America and she spent it all on a Chanel jacket. And she said that was the best investment that she ever made because she thought of it, one, as an, as an investment, but every time she wore that jacket, it made her feel extraordinary so that she showed up differently for the meetings that she was in. And I think of that every time I spend money on anything, I think of how is this investing into me? I don't think of it as a cost. How is this investing into me? So going out to lunch is an investment into me, especially if I'm doing it with my son. I'm like, this is our bonding time. So how, how have you been able to shift your money mindset and the money mindsets of your clients to start seeing sales as an investment? Well, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's not that hard because when you improve your sales, uh, it goes right to the bottom line. And there's many different ways. You shorten your sales cycle. Um, you improve the uh, customer retention and satisfaction. You know, you get more of those warm referrals, which once again, they shorten the sales cycle. Uh, you can uh, create more business with the customers you already have. Uh, there's the opportunity that, well, every opportunity that does come to you, that because of the way you now are approaching it, you're more likely to find success. And whether or not that's in an actual sale, mm -hmm. it's a successful relationship 
that will serve you down the road. And so it's like this really wonderful, special thing that it just, it like you're creating this culture and environment um, that can become self-sustaining and, uh, and provide this great inbound traffic, you know, and sales mm -hmm. traffic so that you can really focus on doing what you need to do to make that customer experience amazing. Beautiful. And when, if you were to, you said two things, you said customer retention and improving that customer retention. And you also said, you know, inbound traffic to, to convert new leads basically. Um, so if you were advising, let's say a, a solopreneur, they're just starting out in business, they're like getting ready to jump in. Would you say that those are the two things that they should be focusing on or are there other ones? Well, anytime that you can drive inbound traffic so that you're not out there scrambling for leads, I, you know, you've, throughout, you always need to have a really solid sales funnel, whichever way you create, and you're giving value. Because it's reciprocal. When people get a lot of value for you from you, they're going to want to reward you or repay you in some way. So that, there's that concept. And so by giving value up front and giving it freely, um, you do create a, a, a special bond with your that person, that company, uh, whether they're a potential client or they become a, perf uh, a potential champion who refers you, um, they become devoted and, and they're mm -hmm. championing you to people they meet, sharing your stuff, whatever that happens to be. So that creates that really great opportunity to drive that inbound traffic. But there's other things that you can do as well. So when you're looking at, you know, when you make those first connections with a customer, a potential customer, you know, that experience that you're providing them, it's so important that you're, once again, you're giving value so that they don't feel that they're being hunted <laughs> or that, that uh, you're only in it for yourself and what you can get out of them. You really do need to actively listen, be dramatically listen, I should say, um, so that you can find common ground and understand what's going on with in their in their world in their realm so that you can you can better serve them and i love that because it's it's all about serving that value and and really highlighting and creating that sort of experience that it, it's full-on like disneyland style kingdom experience where the minute they interact with you like they start experiencing that and then that's what makes everyone want to go to Disneyland whether they see you know a Disney show or they watch like a Disney movie and they're like oh that's I now want to go meet Elsa at Disneyland I mean Disneyland is such a wide attraction I love to use it as a example it's like Disneyland is Disney is constantly attracting people in to their kingdom their magical kingdom simply because they're giving the value of going to a movie and then suddenly you go to the movie and if you fall in love with that movie you want to have an experience with that movie and then you want to go to the you want to go to Disneyland yeah no they do it so well I mean they truly are fantastic about creating a magical experience 
Um, but I will say that another company that doesn't have completely different industry would be Apple because when you purchase mm -hmm. an Apple product, the very experience of opening the box is almost esoteric. I mean, it's just so incredible how they package everything. That little and whoosh. That reinforces the entire feeling of the value that you purchased and how special this product is that you purchased. It's not just slammed in a box with some, you know, packing peanuts. <laughs> yeah, their packaging is on point. They have this, just the whoosh that you get. That little, that like, when you, that suction from like pulling the top off, it's so sensorially rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> that, and uh. it's, that's absolutely true. The, the marketing, the value that you get from even watching a commercial, like their commercials are inspiring. It's, it's magnetic. It's show, you know, I remember the yeah. first iPod ads of like the, the black uh, silhouette figures with the iPad uh, the, or the iPhone or the iPod uh, dancing. And it's, it was fun. It was like, it made you want to feel into it. So with sales, how does, how does feeling play into the importance of sales? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that would be a really quick shortcut for any of your listeners to do is to sort of start fresh, you know, really, you know, a lot of people have you've created your ideal customer profile etc but let's just take a step back and really think about your customer's perspective um so and and obviously you need to focus on a specific product or service and market segment so that you've got that really in focus so who am i you know who am i and what uh, i have a problem and uh, it is you know so answer these questions who i am i have a problem it is um and then I'm looking for, uh, and that will help me buy so I can. And so you go through this whole exercise so you can identify these things. Once you've done that, now you can take your product and service and do it the flip way and see how that marries up to the customer. From there, now you can start to say, you know, because we're going to help them buy, which will enable them to and so now you've got this really beautiful thing that you can say, what are the motivators? What's motivating them to take action because of we're going to enable them too because they want to so I can, right? I hope, I, do, I, do I still have you here? Definitely make okay. sure that you go, like that you listen to this on repeat and write it down because this is, this is super powerful because you said, by buying, I love this, the, by buying your product, by, by buying your thing, that enables them to what? Yeah. Like, that's the key right there. Yeah. And so then you, what are their motivators? What's motivating them at that point? And then from there, what are the emotional triggers? And now all of a sudden you have this incredibly powerful package so that you can articulate what you're really giving them. You know, what you're really enabling them to do, to accomplish, to achieve. And, and so by motivators, what would you say those, like, give me some examples of some motivators. Is it like your child screaming? No, the no, 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 no. There's a couple of really core um, uh, motivations for people. Mm -hmm. So there's cause affiliation. So mm -hmm. you could be motivated because you really want to be serving the planet, to help the planet. So something could be that you know you're going to have a wedding but you want to make sure that everything is eco-friendly so that you can be doing your part and so the cause affiliation there could be that then you're um, using 
you know, those wonderful recycled bamboo um, uh, utensils and things like that, right? So there's a way that you can trigger that. So that's cause affiliation. For B2B, it's often something that they're either trying to uh, profit or gain um, or they're managing risk. Uh, so risk mitigation. Uh, you can also have uh, the other type of belonging that you had mentioned where, you know, you want to purchase something, you know, for me, it was like my first Louis Vuitton bag that I purchased way back in the day. Um, and it was like, it was like I had arrived, you know, so for me, it was like, I belong to, you know, the sales champion set, you know, because I have this beautiful purse. Um, so there's, those are the types of motivators I'm talking about. And there's, there's pretty much a, a six core motivators. And we, we do have a webinar on our website about this that you can watch that will go into it more in depth. Beautiful. And we'll link to that in the description below if you want to get the full webinar and training on this process because this is gold. <laughs> like, and, it, and for every business owner, like refining, enhancing, improving your sales process is the bread and butter of your business. Without sales, yeah. you don't have a business. You have a hobby. And absolutely, it's, yeah. it's absolutely necessary to refine, hone, practice, practice selling. I mean, you can even do this. You could even work through this for the Netflix conversation with your spouse. Like you can work through this like, okay, well, my husband wants to, he's a sci-fi nerd. I can work through this one right now. He's a sci-fi sci nerd and he wants to watch some like people in space where things blow up. I would prefer something that makes me, you know, emotionally involved or connected or to be able to feel something and like something that has some deep, profound meaning. Um, so let's, so what would watching that do for him? How could I find a show that really allowed, pulls in, you know, some good, some good action adventure, some good mystery, some, some good, maybe a little, maybe instead of it being sci-fi, maybe it's historical. Um, and then maybe we can compromise. And then suddenly yeah. we're watching Hunters and, <laughs> and or, or The Martian, The Martian, that's going to, or The Martian. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, that's, that allows for, and then by him working with that, that, by him saying yes to that, by him buying into the idea of a show that I'd like him to watch, that enables him to have a very happy wife and us to have a very enjoyable time so that we can watch a movie or a show that we both like. Yeah. Like, and then we get snuggly and then it's all good from there. Like, then <laughs> there's no mention of sci-fi again. <laughs> well, I love sci-fi, so. <laughs> you and he can talk. Sci-fi is not like, I love some sci-fi. I will do some Battlestar Galactica. That's a show that he turned me on to that I was like, this is a good drama. But it's because of the emotional connection. If it's like, I don't know. Well, if you I, like that, you'd probably like all the Stargates. And there were 10 seasons of SG-1 and another five of Stargate Atlantis. And the movie is good too. The original movie, it's all based on. <laughs> yeah, well, considering that like, my husband does goes to all these conventions. We we know we know people who are on Stargate. So oh, wow, that's so yeah. cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's I mean it's fun because sometimes he'll watch the sci fi show because he'll see his friends in it. Yeah, so that is that's very cool. Yeah. But back to back to sales. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> from sci-fi to sales. Yeah, Watch so Lynn and I go, go on tangent. That, yeah, when you go through that process, what it allows you to do is to really get in tune with your customer and, and really see things from their perspective. Because as I said, their perspective is truth. And that's where you need to be at. It allows you to make um, your, grow your relationship uh, and close your sale or, you know, get through that process mm -hmm. much more uh, effectively. I mean, quicker because mm -hmm. you've already, you're already sort of, you've walked in their shoes, right? You know, so you've got some ideas and that, that helps you guide the conversation, you know, the meetings that you have with them along. Mm -hmm. and it also allows you to ask, you know, very specific questions so that you can make sure that you're on target, um, that you're seeing things the same way. And so that's a really important piece. And one of the things that I always like to remind everyone of is that even if you're a sales champion, I mean, you know, and you're closing multi-million dollar global deals, been there, done that, you can still learn. You can, because we, things constantly change. So we need to learn unlearn and relearn and so this is a constant process and sometimes we also have to go back and it's like we there's a lesson that we forgot and mm -hmm. this had come up uh recently because i had you know there's a whole piece that we do when in our training about service recovery so when something goes sideways because it always does <laughs> some point somewhere sometime something someone's making a mistake somewhere <laughs> yes and so you know how you uh, do that service recovery and it was really interesting because we were going through and putting this all together for our customers when we go through the training with them and it was so cool because i remembered a time that i failed to follow my own protocols and that's that when you're going through that recovery process, it's emotional repair along with the physical repair. And if you don't do the emotional repair, there is a bitter seed that remains in the, in the solution. Um, mm -hmm. And it can fester, you know. So you've got to do the emotional repair with the client as well as the physical repair. Because the physical repair is usually easy. You know, like at a restaurant, um, and you order a meal and something comes, you know, they, they bring you your steak and you ordered it medium well and it comes out like steak tartare, you know, I mean, it's just barely grilled on either side and you send it back. So that's a service failure right there. So how do you recover from that? And, and restaurants are used to this all the time. You know, they'll say, oh, you know, we're going to give you a free dessert. We're going to take this away, bring it right back. Um, but if they really want to go on to do the emotional repair then they really lean into it. The manager comes back and checks with you. They want to know how everything else is going, how sorry they are that this happened. Is there anything else that they can do for you? Can they refill your drinks, get you a new round of drinks at no charge? Um, and then they're checking back with you several times because they want to change that curve. So that inflection point from being a bitter seed like, oh, well, okay, yeah, they did give me free dessert, but they still ruined my steak. And then I had to eat after everybody else ate, right? So you want to create a situation that, so that you, maybe you bring them out some portion of their meal. I mean, you offer different things so that you instead turn that so that you can improve the relationship so that 
the next time they go back to that restaurant, they say, well, yeah, so my steak was wrong, but they did all these amazing things. And then at the end, not only did they take that meal off and our desserts off, but they gave me a $25 gift card for my next meal. I, of course, I'm going to go back. They were amazing. Everybody makes mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. So they're, they, they're, they can forgive it. They have the emotional repair. And that is the number one thing that you have to do so that your client that you don't leave a bitter seed when something goes sideways. Sorry, I, I get off on this, but it was. Like I love. It. I love it. That's. I mean, that's a beautiful way, a framework of breaking it down between not only the physical repair because normally that's what we think of. Oh, we'll fix the link. We'll fix the you know the scheduling issue. We'll fix this, but beyond that you go into the emotional like diving into the emotional repair of like how can we make this better how can we serve you better and really having it be a personalized experience and having that heart putting that heart and your full attention on your customer and what that relationship would be like if there was like any mistakes there is a little even in just a personal relationship with any mistake, sometimes there's a little fragment of broken trust. And how can you build back that trust? It doesn't start with just like giving people someone flowers and being like, ah, it's fine. Um, it's, it's, it goes into like checking in on them, making sure you're hearing them, double checking and having that intentionality with your, with your partner. It translates into your customers as well. And, and what's amazing is it, it does translate to every aspect of your life. And when we've gone through that specific training module, we've had some of the male salespeople, I'll have had them contact me and say, you know, I was having some difficulty with, you know, my spouse, my wife, my partner, my significant other, you know, my kid. And I looked at it differently. And I followed this process and We've, we've made real strides forward. This has changed my life. And wow. <laughs> I can just say, wow. I mean, that is the greatest gift of all when you've been able to do that for someone. And whether it's in, you know, how they can, they've been able to think outside the box and apply it in every aspect of their life. Um, that's an uppercase wow. <laughs> And it really shows how emotions drive behavior yes. um, and how, and how that emotional that e even though sometimes it seems silly to have those emotions. And I think we're now becoming much more aware of EQ is just as equally important as IQ, but having that emotional intelligence to be able to lean in to the, to the emotions that your customer is feeling and be in that space with them to make sure that you're guiding them into a, a, a better, happier, yeah. more positive emotion. So I'd love to switch gears for a little bit because I know with you doing B2B work and with you doing sales work, there's some sales to be made on a certain platform called LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you're nowhere, be on LinkedIn. Um, if you're doing, you know, even whether it's B2B or B2C, I mean, depending on what kind of B2C you're in, of course, but, um, yeah, that, that is the platform that you need to pay attention to. And looking at LinkedIn, I know, I mean, my LinkedIn inbox is filled with, oh, here's a connection. And then suddenly here's a sale, like here's a connection. And suddenly like, let me just like, do you need my services? And I'm like, I don't even know you dude. Yeah, they're so, speed dating to like speed marriage, right? 
Yeah, it suddenly turns into speed marriage. I'm like, if, do you propose on the first date to your wife? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's um that is one of my personal pet peeves, or should I just say one of the biggest mistakes people make? Because what you've done is that you create an immediately you have the other person because I receive those as well. I build the barrier and I delete the message. You know, now I actually always respond with a kill them with kindness <laughs> where I thank them for the connection and I say, I'm not interested, you know, and it's because you've taken no time to get to know who I am. You've provided me no value. Even if you're saying, Hey, you can go check out this free resource. You've just jumped right into it. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things that people really need to stop doing. <laughs> okay, take the time. And you say that to them? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have to admit that, you know, um, maybe I should, but I don't. <laughs> I don't say, just stop doing this. This is this the worst possible thing you can be doing in sales. This is a better way. <laughs> I have a, I have a template have email that I send. <laughs> it's part of a, one of our trainings that we go through with outreach. And I have an entire piece that's on LinkedIn and how to use it successfully. And, um, you know, we've got an, an entire little map, you know, like, you know, your process map of what you need to go through. And, you know, and it, because the whole point is that if you don't have a relationship at all, what you've done is taken potentially what could be a great relationship down the road and you've already cut it off at its knees, you know, all right. You know, it's sort of like, and then if you do respond, you know, and you, I, you know, and then they respond again with the hard sale. Not, not only did they shoot themselves in the foot, but they shot themselves in their other foot. Right. You know, I mean, that's truly, you know, ugh. so <laughs> you know, at that point, I just tell right back to them. Yes. And so you, know, you <laughs> want to sort of start with a conversation. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do. So if they post anything or share anything, if there's someone you would like to develop a relationship with, um, I don't want you to stalk them, but watch for what they're posting and sharing and comment on it. I mean, a real comment. Don't just say, I like this. This is great. But say why. You know, I really liked this idea that that uh, Lynn shared about how you need to really lean into the customer's perspective so that you understand what they're going to get out of, you know, what they want, right? I mean, what are they really going to be able to achieve? And so then it's like you've actually put some thought and time and energy into it. And then when you, when you continue to do that, you know, you notice when people have commented on your posts or what you've shared. And so they start to see, oh, well, you know, they're really, you know, they're paying attention to me. They're hearing what I have to say. You can also then message them directly and say, I really liked what you shared because of this. And I don't know if you've seen this, but this is something that's on the same uh, topic. And it's not a link to your own website, but it's, you know, something of value to them that you might want to check it out. I mean, because then you're not, pointing them back to your own website or it's not about you. Instead, it's like, this is something you might want to check out. And so you, you continue these conversations and there is a point that what you're trying to do is to get that to the thing where they say, well, you know, you know, this has been, what do you do? You know, what, what do you guys do at your company? And all of a sudden it's inbound and they're inviting you to tell them more. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what a pitch is for, right? Because it's a 60, 60 second pitch for them so that you can tell them more. And, but you don't want to pitch too early. That's the whole idea. You've developed worthy intent. 
you've started laying the foundations of a relationship based on credibility, integrity, and authenticity, then they're ready to say, tell and me that's, more. And that's such a beautiful strategy and way of thinking about it because I think people go on to LinkedIn thinking, this is pe business people wanting to do business with other people. So obviously, if we're all here to do business, like let's just let's just like lay it out on the table and say, this is what I got, what do you got? Yeah, <laughs> and I, that's not how yeah. any relationship or long-term relationship is really created. I can tell you so many executives, they just simply delete all of those messages, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and, you know, a lot of people who are, especially when you're doing B2B and you're working with decision makers, they already feel sort of stocked and hunted. So developing a genuine relationship with them, um, it takes longer upfront, but you close your sales cycle much faster on the back end. It's mm -hmm. much easier. Because, you know, you've, they've gotten to know you through this activity. And so that's really the beautiful thing about it. And even if they're not a fit, you've created a great relationship that can be of service down the road. Either they'll change position, positions, they may know someone who they want to tell about you. Um, mm -hmm. So there's so many ways that you can create this much wider net. And nothing slipped through the net. Because when you're doing this horrible thing with the LinkedIn where you go right into that hard sell and then you don't even read their email back to you and they just hard sell you again. <laughs> you Oh gosh, sorry, got kicked something down here. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> I love it, I love it. <laughs> anyway, you've Knocking basically uh, taken that opportunity and you've closed the door. You haven't just closed it, but you've slammed it in your face. And you did it to yourself. Be kind and build those relationships and really yeah. have it be about the relationship. And it can go a lot further forward faster with that relationship approach. and with that yeah. approach and, and yeah. being able, yeah, and to have that, that type of conversation and to move it forward um, and to how do you, how, how to best effectively do that to where you honor the other person's time, you honor your time, and you're building something of substance instead of something where, again, you're looking to get something out of the other person. Yeah, yeah. Rather than actually like delivering that value and delivering that thing of worth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, and, and you know, that's just from our conversation here. Some people are gonna be able to say, um, this is a really good fit for me. And other people are going to say, Ugh, you know, <laughs> so yeah. I can tell you, you know, I, that's one of the things that if I have a client that they are just into that hard sell, you know, they want to just go right into that, you know, we're going to, this is the script we're going to use. And we're just going to, we're just going to process. It's like a, a mill, you know, we're just going to keep processing them until we get somebody to buy. Um, then I am not your girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's absolute opposite. In fact, every client I've ever worked with, I am still friends with. I could pick up, I can pick up the phone tomorrow and call them and talk to them. I can ask them for things and they're going to respond. I mean, and that's what you build. Yeah. And I mean, and when you can build those relationships, it, it lasts and it has, it has meaning. It has something of substance. I mean, one of the, I heard Glennon Doyle give a, a quote that it, she's, she couldn't remember who it was by, but I love the quote. Um, it was the most, re, the greatest revolutionary you 
act you can do is connect one person to someone else. And that, that's on, that only comes from having those relationships and endearing those relationships to you so that they either ask what you do. If it's not a fit, that's fine. If they're not into it, that's fine. They may know somebody who they're like, hey, I got somebody for you who I think could really help with what you do. And it, it really comes from your own confidence and assurance that what you're doing and what you're putting out there in the world, the product or service that you have, it's just, it's really rocking. Come to confidence. Did you always have this level of confidence with your sales? Uh, I think because this is really, truly one of my core values to be of service and to help others. Um, that was why sales really worked for me because um, I'm sort of one of those, I'm an amnivert, you know, I'm not really an extrovert. In fact, I loathed networking events. Uh, I mean, I pretty much avoided them for the first 20 years of my career. <laughs> and now you can't do them anymore. <laughs> well, that's true. But um, <laughs> and I, I do think that if I had, um, if I had gone to that incredible speech by Deborah Fine, 20 years earlier in my career, it really would have had a, even a bigger impact for me. But um, that's another, another story altogether. But no, I mean, it was just that it was so important to me to, you know, I, I sort of look back at this like, um, it wasn't the Peace Corps, but if I could make their life better because I did took care of something, took it off their plate where they didn't have to think about it, that they just knew that it was going to be delivered on time correctly and exactly the way they wanted it, that I had given them something that was really important. And I had done a really important service for them individually and for their company. And so it was like giving them a gift um, of competence. <laughs> and, and so when you were like about five, six years old, did, did you dream of like doing something? I mean, you said you mentioned Peace Corps. Um, but what, what did you dream of doing back then? Well, when I was five or six, I, you know, I, no, I was playing with Barbie dolls or Legos or Matchbox cars. <laughs> um, when I first started college, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Um, uh, that was sort of, uh, one of those things that it was, you know, because once again, you're helping people, you're doing all this, but I rapidly sort of like, I just didn't like, I'm sorry, there's a lot of ick. <laughs> involved with being a doctor um so and i was just not one of the pr people that could um I, I just that wasn't me so then i i didn't uh i didn't know i was going to be in sales i mean i basically got out of graduate school and i needed a job and um what i i uh started doing is i wasn't even working i was doing uh sales but it was uh for people who came in uh to a printing company who came in and placed their orders on the counter and I did that for a few months and then I went, okay, well, I got to get it like a real job. And so I asked uh, the owners, there were two owners, if I could go into outside sales and they didn't have anyone else and out, they, they were managing all the sales for their company. And um, I convinced them to allow me to do this. And I went out with the one owner for the first two weeks who became a fantastic mentor. He was, he, both of them were great. Um, and so I started like basically, uh, you know, April one and with nothing completely from scratch, cold calling my accounts. And at the end of that fiscal year, I had outsold the one partner and the next year I outsold the other partner and I never looked back. 
And it was just something that I loved solving problems, um, you know, like puzzles. And it, I just, it made me feel, and it still does make me feel so good to help other people. It's my endorphin high. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. My endorphin high. Yeah. When my clients have a breakthrough or a transformation, I'm like, when the, when they send me their wins of like what they've been able to achieve either you know I, I just got an email from a client who I haven't worked with in I think six months and she's like this is what happened I'm like oh my god like it's the best it's the best feeling in the world to be able to have served somebody to help them be that that catalyst to be that that kind of that catapult to get them over into the kingdom that they really wanted to have in the first place like that that is just it's it's an endorphin high and i i love that you get the same high for that and for murder novels and i got the book that you recommended so i've got the book one and book two so i just got that yes. on kindle <laughs> yes, dive in, Lynn. So speaking of diving in, let's dive into a little bit of rapid fire. Are you ready? Sure. Cool. <laughs> what female character in a movie would you do, do you most admire and why? It would be Katherine Hepburn in Holiday with Cary Grant. And it was because she did trade stay true to who she was. And yet she had the gumption to break out of her chains and to go after what really mattered to her. Anything with Katherine Hatburn just speaks yeah. to my soul. Like, I, oh, I love that, love that woman. You brought up an old movie. No, mo most people don't bring up an older movie, and I'm like, I, that's what I was raised on. That's what I oh, like. Oh, yeah, Katherine Hepburn is uh, just, I mean, most of her movies are amazing, and the three she did with Cary Grant were all fantastic. And Oh, four, because she did Philadelphia Story with him, Bringing Up Baby, Holiday. Um, holiday, and then was it Sylvia Scarlet? She is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, yeah, but I got yeah. a new one. Uh, my newest character would definitely be Captain Marvel because she just got up every time, she dusted herself off, and she went after it anew. Ah, see, I, I, I love Captain Marvel. I love every single one of the Marvel series. Like, I'm not a sci-fi person, but give me a Marvel comic movie. <laughs> like, I will dive right in, and I love superhero stories. So, what woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? I would have to say either Oprah or uh, Michelle Obama. I had a feeling you were going to say Oprah or Michelle Obama. I was like, it's going to be one of the two, and you just chose both. <laughs> why, why them? What would you uh, love to learn in that both day? incredible women. And I, what I, I think is so important is that how they carry themselves and, you know, that they you know, when they speak, they speak from a place of grace, and yet they are not afraid to speak truth to power. But they're so clear. They provide such clarity. And at the same time, so much empathy. And, you know, they are just so amazing that, yeah, I would, that, that they would be the women that I would choose. I think for me, it would be Oprah, because I just want to experience what that day in her life is from like and how she thought like I would love to see the thinking processes of how she's been able to build what she's built in the span of time that she has if you were to have your success at twice the speed what would you have done differently looking back uh, I would say that uh, certainly with my the business um, with petite to queen and future forward sales I would have moved directly into 
or, or stayed in B2B um, from the beginning and been just really laser focused on that. That's ah, your genius zone. With, um, if your palace had a swear jar or a curse jar, how many, how many dollars would be there in, in that jar at the end of the day? Oh, so this maybe is a buck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, there are so many different words um, that we can use that are so powerful. Um, we have an incredible opportunity to use our vocabulary. And that's just one area that I just don't think it's necessary because there's another word that is articulates exactly what we're feeling or thinking that's more suitable. What's your favorite curse word though, if you were to pick one? Oh man, see, I, I just, I don't tend to swear a lot. It can be um, anything. Like one of my clients, her curse word was noodles. Like oh. when she, when she would get them to be like, oh, noodle. I was like, really? Uh, I use this phrase that's, um, um, that really frosts my cookies. And it's not mine. I picked it up from, I, I think it was a movie with Shelley Long in it. <laughs> a Disney movie, by the way. Oh, but really? I think they're, they're Hollywood pictures or something. One of their, you know, or touchstone, touchstone. <laughs> okay. And that really frosts your cookie. Mm. I don't know why, but that just, it just sort of, it was something I, I picked up and I, I mean, gosh, how old is that movie? I don't even want to know. <laughs> I just see Elsa in a baking house. Yeah. <laughs> what would you love, what message would you love to share with the world? I would say that the, oh man, to share with the world, I would say that every day you need to make it a point to commit a random act of kindness. Because if all of us did that every single day, the world would be a much better place. Amen. Amen. Favorite book? Most uh, recommended Pride and Prejudice. Book. Pride and Prejudice or Emma? A Jane Austen fan. Yep. Strong women, baby. Strong women. Give me an Elizabeth Bennett every single day of yeah, the week. women with gumption. What would you define to be your kingdom? Gosh, I don't know what I define to be my kingdom. I, you know, I just... Gosh, I that, no, that's one I, I don't know an answer for. Uh, it can be completely metaphorical. You can make it up on the spot and there's no right or wrong answer. You can completely change it. The answers have been so varied and vast. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, there's favorite. no right or wrong answer. Uh, so uh, well, I guess, you know, it, it, pretty much my world at this point uh, revolves around my daughter, um, you know, with the, uh, you know, my daughter and my mom. And then my, my two nieces. So, you know, family. Surrounding yourself with strong, powerful women. Yes. <laughs> and lastly, how do you crown yourself? Wow. You know, um, definitely by doing special things with my daughter. Um, and, you know, that can be as simple as going out for a walk. So this morning, um, after I did some work, we took a break. And, you know, it's just turning fall here. So we've got that beautiful, crisp air in the morning. And, um, you know, and that was just a little thing, but it was, that, that, that's a special time. I completely agree. My walks with my son are just yep. everything. Yep. And I would say when I, he, my daughter was younger, and I bet you are the way, um, reading her, her bedtime stories every night. That was my special jam. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love the stories that my son sometimes gets caught up in like two books. And at, after a month of reading the same two books, I'm like, 
honey, could you take over this one <laughs> this evening? But it's the, the bedtime stories are amazing. And like the walks that we take yep. together, we yep. do discovery walks. And, and if it, you can get the books that have like a series, like we did like um, fluffy, the fluffy books, and he was a guinea pig, but there's a whole bunch of fluffy books, right? Um, and those are great because then it's still fluffy, but it's a new adventure for fluffy. Um, sort of like the magic school bus or Mog the cat. I mean, he only had so many, but you know, those were, um, or like, you know, all the Winnie the Pooh stories. I mean, cause then there's all kinds of adventures. Yeah. My favorite books are the, what do you do series? The, what ah. do you do with a problem? What do you do with an idea? What do you do with a chance? the best personal development books for children and their parents to, to read. And the, the story is just, it's beautiful. It's beautifully done. So I, I recommend those and I gift those constantly to anybody who is having a baby because they are just so beautiful, but he kind of grew out of those. Now he's into the wiggles. So, <laughs> So, Lynn, I have loved our conversation. It is so easy with you to just slip into random <laughs> topics of like murder mysteries and sci-fi and book discussions. And, and Catherine Hepburn. And Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> I mean, my eighth grade report was on Ingrid Bergman and everyone was like, who? And I was like, you don't know who Ingrid Bergman is? <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I feel you. So where can we find you? How can we work with you? How can we support what you all that you are building with Petite to Queen? Share yeah, away. So um, you can find us at Petite to Queen, the digit two, uh, queen.com. And um, we are on Instagram, Facebook. You can connect with me, of course, on LinkedIn. Um, our Future Forward Sales um, is a complete subsidiary of uh, Petite to Queen. Um, but on Petite to Queen, what's great is that. Um, uh, Kimberly was on our podcast, Claim Your Career Crown. So we're, we're keeping up with the royalty Ooh. here. Um, and we've got webinars, we've got resources. Um, so there's a lot. And we have a, we, we've built it with a fantastic search engine. So if you're looking for a specific topic and, um, you know, let, let's say that you're in sales and you have to make some collection calls and you're uncomfortable with that, you can just type in collections and wham. <laughs> Kind of find a couple of resources um, that you can go through. So it's great for that um, do-it-yourself approach. And of course, if you have a business and you want to, you know, get your sales to that next level to give yourself a boost that's going to go right to your bottom line, um, then you can reach out to me directly so that we can talk about the uh, Future Forward Sales Program. Amazing. Lynn, thank you so much for coming on. It has been a pleasure talking about you and talking to you and talking about everything under the sun, um, especially sales and a little sci-fi and some Elizabeth Bennett as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is just what happens when you build relationships. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, we're like, already kindred spirits, honey. <laughs> yeah, this is Relationship Building 101. You're hearing it on the podcast happening right now. So as always, my fellow empresses, emperors, queens, and kings, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. 
And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.